You are listening to audio from the Rail City campus of CA Church. We are a church fervently committed to bringing the good news to the city of Port Moody. We hope this message helps you grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. All right. Good morning, Rail City campus. Great to be with you on such a beautiful day outside. I promise I'm not going to be so long that you're going to be sweating. That's my goal today. We want to make sure we're comfortable. We have lots of water and iced coffee back there if you need um, some refreshments during this. Uh, One of my favorite things to do in Port Mooney, I actually live in Port Coquitlam. I'm a trader. Um, But one of our favorite things to do every summer is we spend so much time at uh, Rocky Point and getting ice cream, all that, walking along the ocean. We live in one of the most beautiful places in the world, and it's so amazing uh, to be together in God's creation today and, and hear the word. Um, If you haven't met me before, I'm one of the leaders and pastors at CA Church. Uh, Most of my time is spent up at our our Mariner campus, Uh, but today I'm with you you here at uh, Rail City. And so we got our kids with us here today, and so kids, I actually have a question for you to start off today. And my question is, have you ever been on a treasure hunt before? No? Okay. If you were to go on a treasure hunt, you got to like yell it out because I'm very far away from you. What would be the best thing you could find on a treasure hunt? Candy. That's good. A pencil? Is that what you said? A pencil. That's a great, great option. Parents, help me out. What are some things? Money, money, gold. I see that. I see that. Any other cool things you could find on a treasure hunt? Cam's glasses, they are, they are pretty nice. <laughs> One of my, I think, favorite things you could find on a treasure hunt would be a golf course. I love spending time on the golf course in the summer and one of my hobbies that I do. Um, but today, Jesus is actually inviting us to go on a treasure hunt today. And if you've been with us for the past while, you know that we're in a series on the Sermon of the Mount called A Great Humanity. And the Sermon on the Mount is probably the greatest sermon that's ever been preached, and that was by Jesus uh, in the Bible. And so we're in Matthew chapter 6 today, and in this sermon, Jesus is announcing his, announcing his kingdom here on earth. And if you've been with us, you'll know that this kingdom probably looks a lot different than our own earthly kingdoms, and it looked a little bit upside down to people. But today we're moving into the more practical section of the message, And this is the part where Jesus gets into the day-to-day details of our lives. And so our topic today is something that we all deal with every single day here. And I'm I'm sure of that. And this is the area of our money and our stuff. There is good news today. And that is that Jesus wants to be the treasure of your heart. No matter where you are on your journey of faith today, maybe you've just started following Jesus or you don't follow him, or if you've been a follower of Jesus your own life, your whole life, Jesus knows you and loves you and wants to be with you today. And if you're just new here, you're checking us out, maybe you stumbled by as you've been walking by today. We are a Christian church that's committed to, um, and we believe in God and believe in Jesus and that he's created and that he's loved you and he wants to be with you today. And so our passage today is in Matthew chapter 6. If you got your Bible or your phone, feel free to, to turn to that. And it's going to be in verse, starting in verse 19. I'm going to read that for us. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, 
and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus, would you teach us what that means today? Would you teach us to uh, know and love you and proclaim you as the treasure of our hearts today? Lord, and that as we um, go on this, that we would find our worth and our value, not in our stuff or our possessions, Lord, but in, but in you and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. So I wanted to start off this morning by telling you a little bit of a story. And this story is of King Ludwig II. King Ludwig was a king of Bavaria, which is in southern Germany today. Um, and he was a king in the 1800s. And King Ludwig became a king at the age of 18. He was just a real young kid at that point when he became king. And after, after he became king and over time, he started to actually withdraw from the affairs of the state and, and governing the people. And he actually just wanted to live for himself. And so he already lived in one of the nicest palaces in Europe at that time in the whole world. But he decided that he needed to build a bigger castle and a bigger palace. And he, um, and he also decided he needed this palace as a summer kind of vacation house that he could go to all the time. So he set out on these ambitious construction projects and takes out tons and tons of debt to fund these projects. And let me tell you, some of the, these places are some of the most magnificent places you've ever seen. My wife and I actually just got back from a vacation to Europe, and we actually went and visited um, some of these places. And I actually have pictures um, in the back of your booklet and there's a couple pictures. The first one is Neuschwanstein Castle. And this is a 200-foot-tall castle uh, in southern Germany. And it towers over the, over the um, valley and the countryside below. And it's built on the side of a mountain. And King Ludwig set out on this ambitious construction project. But he actually never lived there. Uh, it wasn't completed before the day he died. Um, but the second picture is of his palace. This was this summer cottage that he decided he wanted to live in. It's about an hour away from this castle. And this palace is uh, maybe not as grand from the outside as Neuschwanstein is, but the palace is absolutely magnificent on the inside. And that's some of the, the second photo you'll see. This place is adorned with gold everywhere. There's gold plates. There's, gold, there's pictures of really extravagant and eccentric artwork. There's porcelain statues. There's um, basically like the most, some of the most beautiful stuff you've ever seen. His bedroom, his bed is actually elevated on an altar. And so even when he was sleeping, it gave the appearance that he was in charge. And King Ludwig was the guy in charge that you didn't want to mess with. But he always wanted to be alone. King Ludwig did not want to show off this, this beauty of this palace to that. He wanted to be alone. And actually, he made his servants follow a rule that his servants weren't allowed to be in the same room as him at any point. And so he always wanted to be alone. But in his dining room, and that's the second picture you see, how he went about this, because he needed his kings to still serve him his food, 
was that table that you see in that second photo is actually on an elevator. And an elevator will go down to the floor below where all his servants are in the kitchen prepping the food. And they would load up the food and then they would send it up to the king so he could eat alone. And he could just be him by himself. He'd finish his food and then it would go down again. They'd take the food away. They'd put the next course on, bring it up again. And so this guy, like, was nuts. He actually was pretty crazy. And he got so obsessed with himself that he eventually became mad. And over time, his servants and probably some of his political opponents at the time actually found a doctor to declare this guy insane. He had gone that crazy. He didn't care about anything. Um, so he was actually found insane. So the morning, basically this neutralized his power and he was basically taken, taken out of power and someone else was put in. But uh, this doctor actually went up for a walk with King Ludwig the next day. And the sad part of the story is they were both found dead a few days later from that walk. King Ludwig's story today is, I think, a great example of what Jesus is talking about in this passage. King Ludwig was so obsessed with gold and beauty and getting as much stuff as he could that it actually drove him mad, and he lost everything in very dramatic fashion. And these are the earthly treasures that Jesus is condemning. Treasures that are temporal, that do not last, where things can be stolen, where rust and animals will eventually destroy. And so some of you today here are sitting here thinking, oh great, a sermon for the rich people, you know, that just need to pay their dues, share some of that, that wealth and the stuff they've accumulated with us normal folk. But I actually notice in this passage that Jesus isn't distinguishing between rich and poor. And he isn't actually saying anything about wealth. All Jesus says is, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. There's no distinction here between the rich and poor. And the actual things that Jesus mentions a little bit later on in the passage that we'll actually look at next week actually only pertain to food and clothing, to the basic human needs. So these treasures on earth are the temporal things that provide limited satisfaction and fulfillment in the long run. Jesus is not forbidding the accumulation of stuff. He's saying, don't store up treasures for yourselves. And it's the selfish motives that Jesus is actually condemning here, not the purchasing of the stuff. And when we put our hopes in our money and in our stuff and our desires, we ultimately one day are not going to be satisfied. One day all these things, stuff and money, they aren't going to be here. And if our hope in this, our, our, if our hope is placed in these things, we're actually going to end up disappointed. If you put your hope in these temporary things, it's going to lead to great anxiety. If your hope is in your money, that your next paycheck's gonna cover all your um, expenses, and you're constantly gonna be anxious, wondering if you're gonna be able to make it through. If you're saying, well, just wait until I get this, and then I'll be happy, you're setting yourself up for anxiety for when um, maybe that thing won't come through. And even if you do get those things, the excitement that comes from that, it's temporary, and it's gonna fade over time. The actor Jim Carrey once said that I think everyone should get rich and famous and have everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that that's not the answer. And I don't think it takes a very long look at uh, celebrity culture or Hollywood or the things we see on social media or uh, in the media, um, tabloids, that they're filled with people who have absolutely everything they could ever dream of and want and money is no issue and they can buy whatever they want and yet they still seem unhappy. 
they're still dealing with the exact same issues that you and I deal with every single day. And the satisfaction that we all crave, the affirmation that we desire, the pleasure that we all seek, and the comfort that we want, end up looking, we end up looking for it in all the, all the places that it will never last. And the reality is we're actually living in one of the most affluent places in the world. And for the vast majority of us here today, I think I could pretty confidently say that you don't need to rely on God to provide for your everyday needs. We're able to be pretty self-sufficient and you know, always go to the grocery store to be able to buy food and, and those things. Um, and we can do that pretty reasonably all on our own strength. And that, that isn't the case in many places of the world. Some people, um, if God doesn't provide for them, they may not have food or clothes or shelter to call home. But what this affluence leads to is a blindness to the effect that greed and materialism have on our hearts. It's so easy to get caught up in the newest or the nicest thing that we need to have that we miss the giver of all things, and that's Jesus himself. And this is where Jesus goes in the next part of our passage. He moves on in verse 20 to say, But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermins do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. So the question is, what are treasures in heaven? And I don't know about you, but I grew up uh, growing to church as uh, a young kid. And how I always understood this passage was that if I read the Bible, if I prayed every day, if I prayed before um, eating, if I put money in the offering, maybe I served at church, maybe um, any of those things, that I would make deposits in this heavenly bank account. So I was storing up treasures in this cosmic bank account that I'd make these deposits when I did all the right things. And maybe when I sinned or I did something wrong, um, I would actually make withdrawals from those and I would lose treasure in heaven. And hopefully by the end of the by the time I die and I got to heaven, the uh, good things would be better than the bad things, and I'd end up with a net a net balance in that account, which um, and hopefully that would mean I get a bigger castle or a mansion or something like that in heaven made of gold and rubies and and all those things. But I think this is actually the exact opposite of what Jesus is saying in this passage. Treasures of heaven are not the stuff or rewards we will one day get when we get to heaven or when Jesus returns. The treasure is, in fact, Jesus himself. He is the one who loved you so much that he willingly came and died for your sins. And he wants to come and fill you with his presence. Jesus is the source and provider of all things. And he is the one who made all the stuff we've owned. And the reality is we're really just stewards of what he has given us. C.S. Lewis once said that human history is the long, terrible story of a man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. And this text is not about how much stuff is too much stuff or what qualifies as treasures in heaven or treasures on earth, but it's more a question of what are you putting your hope in? Is your hope in your money, in your stuff? Maybe it's your relationships, your spouse, your grandkids, your kids, your sports teams. I'm a Calgary Flames fan. I know what disappointment's about. Or is your hope in the creator of the universe, the one who is so powerful, the one who loves you and cares for you so much? And this treasure is one we don't actually have to go on a treasure hunt for. We don't have to look to find this thing. Uh, we don't have to like <laughs> follow all the clues to get to the buried treasure at some point. And our treasure is actually Jesus, and he's here with you right now. He's longing for us to open up our hearts to him today. 
And in Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Jesus, our ultimate treasure, longs to be with you here today. And maybe for that's the first time, or maybe you followed Jesus your entire life, he is here and desires to meet with you new and afresh today. When our ultimate hope is in Jesus, these temporal things and our stuff that will not ultimately bring eternal fulfillment, they get put in their proper place as things that are temporary. There's nothing wrong with these things, but when we place more worth and love in them than Jesus himself, we miss the mark and the true treasure and peace and hope that Jesus offers. Jesus continues on in this passage and follows on to say, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where we store our treasure ultimately reveals the state of our hearts. If our hope and our treasure is in the stuff of this world, that's revealing of our heart's priorities. Oftentimes, we spend so much time focusing on and accumulating things, money, and earthly possessions that we miss the mark of the eternal significance that Jesus invites us into and died for. We hold on to our stuff, our money, our possessions so tightly that our hearts actually get bound by them. Our loyalties become towards these things that will distract us and lead us away from the true joy and peace and hope that can only be found in Jesus. So what does this mean for us today? And today I think God is asking you this morning, what are you putting your hope in? What is the motive of your heart? What are you hoping for today that if it doesn't come through for you or didn't exist, you don't know how you would go on living? Maybe it's your money, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your relationships, your kids, your grandkids. Maybe it's the down payment you're trying to save up for, or how am I going to afford one more interest rate hike? What gives you anxiety or stress about the future? And some of you here this morning have put your hope in everything else other than Jesus. Jesus is inviting you to put your hope in him today and to let him become the treasure of your heart. Some of you maybe need to recognize the many blessings that Jesus has blessed you with and recognize the pull that greed and consumerism has on your heart and maybe you need to develop a heart of gratitude and generosity. Or maybe you're here today and you don't know how you're going to get by or how the next plate of food will be put on the table. Jesus invites you to trust him. Recognize that he cares for you and he longs to provide what you need. Again, in the the passage a little later on, which is really connected to this passage, Jesus says, seek first his kingdom, Jesus' kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. He cares for you and wants to to provide for you. The other thing about um, this passage is that our heart actually also follows our treasure. Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So it's not maybe when I'm feeling good or I'm perfectly right with God, then I'll put my treasure in heaven. There are steps here today that you can take, regardless of where you're at in your faith journey or where you're at with Jesus, that will help lead your heart towards him, the true treasure of our hearts. And so I'm a pretty practical guy. Um, I do a lot of, I like being in the here and the now and, and doing things. So here's a couple of practical examples that can help you push back maybe on some of the greeds and it'll help align your hearts with the treasure in heaven. And so one way that my wife and I have decided to actually do this is we've decided that a certain amount of our income right off the um, top of our paycheck, we want to give away. 
And it's not if there's extra left over at the end of the month or um, after we've bought everything we want or gone all of the trips we want to do. It's the first thing we, we do. And this reminds us that our, our money and our stuff is really a gift from God and that we're just the stewards of what he's given us. And I share that not to boast about, about what we do, but, uh, but this is actually something that the Bible actually frequently mentions, of giving away, helping others, and using what God has blessed you with to help, help other people. The second practical way maybe you could consider is considering simplicity as a spiritual practice. John Mark Comer, who's a pastor in Portland, um, he's taken on simplicity as a spiritual discipline, and he seeks to live, live life in a simple way to push back on the materialistic tendencies that all our hearts so quickly grab onto. And so for him, what this looks like is he actually only owns three outfits per season of the year. And I don't know, that's a little bit extreme for me, but it's a reminder to him to cherish Jesus and not his stuff. And so maybe you need to go through your stuff and ask yourself, is this actually bringing me joy and hope and fulfillment, or is this actually just getting in the way? And maybe consider what, what needs to change to to help align your heart. The third way uh, that I think you can push back on our materialistic society is to develop a heart of gratitude. God has blessed us all with so, so much as it is. And instead of focusing on the things you don't have or the things you want, choose to thank God for what he has blessed you with. And so maybe that's um, writing down a list of things or in, in the morning praying to God and saying, wow, God, thank you for the day. Thank you for this beautiful sky and this great place we have to call home, the great community we have around us. Instead of focusing on the things that we don't have or we want to get, you focus on what God has already blessed you with. And the fourth and final thing uh, of my practical tips today is to recenter Jesus as the treasure of your heart. And one way we actually do this all together every week at Rail City is through taking communion together. And we do this every week here at Rail City, and we do this by taking simple bread and simple juice that have extraordinary meaning. We remember all that Jesus has done for us, the creator of the world, God who loved us so much, sent his son Jesus, who came and lived a sinless life, yet he died a criminal's death on the cross forgiving all of humanity for their sins and the areas that we've all fallen short in. So we take a piece of bread and we take a drink of juice to remember Christ's body that was broken on the cross for you, and we drink the juice which was Christ's blood shed for you. And if you've placed your hope in Jesus today, you're welcome to come and participate in what God has done and proclaim Jesus as the treasure of your heart. And by taking this bread and juice today, you're saying that Jesus you are my treasure and the Lord of my life. And if you're not a follower here to, of Jesus today, we invite you to put your hope in him. Maybe today for the first time you can say, Jesus, I open up my heart to you, and I want to give you uh, what, I, what you've so blessed me with. And so we have people around uh, after the service that would love to chat with you more about what that is and what that means. Um, but I would encourage you, uh, just let this um, time of communion pass you by, as it won't have much significance. But today, I welcome you to come and proclaim Christ as the King of your heart. Thanks for listening to this message. If you've been listening to our sermons, but you're not a part of a church community, we would love to have you join us. You can go to cachurch.ca slash railcity to find out more information about getting involved in the life and mission of the Rail City campus of CA Church.